0: This is Zion Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today, with us, we have Pastor Danston John, and he'll be sharing with us about the seven churches of the Book of Revelation. If you would like to watch the videos of the Disciple Makers Conference, head over to our YouTube channel, Kingdom Vision Global. And don't forget to subscribe for some amazing life-giving content coming up. God bless and have a wonderful listen. Here we go. Welcome all of you back to the last two books. I'm sorry, last, last two churches, not last two books. <laughs> I got lost a little bit over there. Anyway, I hope you all are doing great today. Praise the Lord. It's such a wonderful day here. Uh, I believe it's a little little bit snowing outside. And uh, I strongly feel that today it's going to be a beautiful day in the Lord. I feel strong presence of the Lord, so strong as the worship was going on today. I strongly sense that the Holy Spirit is going to encounter us, going to minister to us in a very special way. Uh, Before I start today, you know, if you have someone that you know that will be interested in today's Bible study, you know, go ahead and share today's uh, a link to somebody. Invite them to the Bible study because I strongly sense the Lord is going to touch someone today. Amen. I'm glad that you could join us. I'm glad, and I really appreciate uh, a lot of people that have joined us from different places today. I really appreciate your your efforts, and all those of you who are on live stream. I just want to say thank you for joining. Uh, it's been a, such a blessed days uh, talking about all the seven churches, talking about uh, uh, you know the churches of of the Book of Revelation, and and how each of this church, you know, Jesus was was dealing with them in a special way. You know, I know uh, just yesterday or day before yesterday, somebody asked me this question as to like, why Jesus is talking to some churches in a different note, like he sounds to be, some churches he sounds to be too harsh, and some churches he is too, uh, you know, he's too kind of uh, soft on them, you know. Now, you must understand something, you know, uh, most of us, right, Uh, maybe some of us or most of us, I don't know, but we always have this notion about, you know, uh, this religious understanding of who God is. Sometimes when we make, when we do something wrong or we commit some mistake, we immediately we have this uh, uh, this sound or I would call uh, uh, God's tone. We think that God's tone now has changed over our lives uh, from soft; he has become harsh. But it's not nothing to do with with God being harsh on us or you know or being soft on us. It is the mercy of God. It is the love of God. We must understand something. Jesus said, I am the one who built the church. I am the one who builds the church. Okay. So, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. So, Jesus is not building a weak church. He's building a strong church we must understand that in this in you know he he did not die for a weak church he did not die for a church that we, that is born today and is gone tomorrow in fact the church that jesus is building is a strong church so he's strengthening you at this hour he's strengthening me at this hour so if there's one thing we must understand is that there's no builder who will build any building and apply or probably use cheap materials. Have you seen some buildings just, 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 just you know just come down after many after some few years after they built it right uh, uh, why because they've used the cheap materials right Now this is a kind of building when I say building I'm talking about you and me and Jesus does not use any kind of a cheap materials or our foundation itself is not so weak. So Jesus wants to give us a strong 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 materials in which he wants to make us strong. So understand this one thing very clearly. In today's day and age, uh, uh, we must be zealous for Him. We must be, we must be on fire for Him, okay? And, and, that the, and, and the only way we can do that is to take the Word of God seriously. To take the Word of God seriously. If you want to live a quality Christian life, right, right? Remember, I told you uh, uh, two days ago, Jesus is not interested in the quantity. He's interested in the quality uh, uh, of what we do, right? He's looking at the quality of what we do. So Jesus wants uh, us to be of people of quality. Amen. Somebody shout an amen as I'm speaking this word today. (laughs) So most of you, uh, uh, I know for sure of your leaders, some of you I can recognize. And and, and, uh, you've been praying and pursuing God to do something in your ministry. And you've been praying uh, hard that your church can be stronger day by day. Uh, What do you do, right? Think about builder. Like I give an example. A builder never uses weak materials or cheap materials. The builder uses strong materials. And there is nothing stronger than the word of God. There's nothing stronger than the word of God. The more you feed yourself with the word, the more you get the revelation into your spirit, the more you let the word of God transform you in and out, the more stronger you become in life the most stronger your ministry becomes. The stronger you are, the stronger is your ministry. The weaker you are, the weaker is your ministry. Amen. So let the Holy Spirit... Okay, let the Holy Spirit in and let him build you. So from that perspective and from that context, if we understand the book of Revelations for all the seven churches in the book of Revelations, what we understand here is that Jesus is the one who is building his church. He's the one who is saying, okay, this is not right. Okay, that is not right. So please put things in the order, you know, uh, you know, recently, we moved to a new house, we, uh, we bought a beautiful house. And some of you uh, folks over here have been to my new house. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, when we were doing this house, and we when we walked in when we first time and we bought this house, this, this house was so much in order, like the first thing we had in our mind was it was not chaos, it was in order. And and everything we put you know we put our wall frames we put on the, the couches we put everything around we first make sure that everything matches everything right so that's the mindset we have when we when we arrange a room or when we uh, do some interiors in a house right we always have this mindset of making sure that that everything is in the order now similarly jesus wants to make sure that everything is in in the order in our life okay when we come out of god's order we are inviting chaos in our life we are inviting chaos in our life you know i am so um, appalled and thrilled at what is happening today in the church now yesterday uh, i don't know if you have heard of uh, this guy called mark you know a great theologian i can give you his name maybe end of the session this guy apparently had he holds two two or three theological seminary degrees okay and he's been all around, uh, all around the world for 30 years he's been teaching preaching and doing all of that just last week he denounced christ he denounced christ i was like shocked at this i was like how can somebody who has been following jesus teaching and preaching jesus can s- deny christ and then i later i realized is that something went out of the order something went out of the order okay now most of you must understand it's not about theology Okay, it's about encountering Christ. It's about encountering God. It's about encountering his presence. And when you are not encountered his presence, then the word of God does not have any effect on you. So you might ask me, Pastor Dan, how do I encounter God's presence? Well, it is quite simple. You just open your heart to Him and say, Lord, I I want to seek your face. I want you more than anything in my life. And and, and get onto some time of worship. Pray in the spirit for, for longer as you can, as much as long as you can. And trust me, you will encounter the King of Glory. Hallelujah king of glory. Now, we don't pride ourselves as Christians. Oh, we know the Bible. Oh, no, we know everything. You know, I, I tell you one thing. The one person who knows the Bible is Satan. He knows the Bible better than you and I know. Uh, trust me, he's one of the greatest theologians right now. If we ever know is Satan. He is one of the biggest theologians we ever know. And how does he deceive a Christian? he deceives deceive a Christian not by through the world, but through the word he deceives a Christian. Isn't that interesting that Jesus came? So Satan came to Jesus with what? Did he come with Jesus with the worldly temptations? No. He, in fact, used scriptures to somehow deviate and distract Jesus from his mission. And so Satan has been doing that even now among Christians. He does that on every single time. He does that even with me. He does that even with you. Every single day, he deceives us. But as Christians, we must understand, we must get into the word every single day. If we don't have the word, we're inviting the world. Amen. So today I'm going to go straight into the two churches and the last two churches that we are going to discuss today. We are going to study today, and I'm sure it is going to be a great, great blessing into our lives. So now turn with me to the book of Revelations, chapter three, verse one. Oh, yes, I forgot. Now, what was the church we studied about yesterday? Can somebody go and tell me what was the church we uh, we looked into yesterday? What was the church? What is the name of the church? Can somebody type that for me, please? What is the name of the church? Sardis. Okay. What was the one thing that you learned or you saw about Sardis? What was, what was one thing that Jesus was trying to correct them about Sardis? Come on. Go ahead and type it all up there. So I can, I can know if, you, if you've uh, learned something. Uh, if you've caught something yesterday, you see some things can't be taught. Some things has to be caught. Amen. So go ahead and uh, type if there is anything that you see uh, that that this particular church was going through. And uh, yes, you know, great. Uh, it's about coming alive. It's about the appearance was of being alive, but they were dead. Uh, they were religious, but they were not spiritual. In other words, they 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 had no life inside of them, right? And uh, they pretended as if they were the strong church, but in fact, they were weak as they could get. And Jesus knew where they were. So Jesus rebuking that and he said, I want you to be alive inside out. Amen. Okay. Now I want, let's go today without any further delay. Let's go to the book of uh, Revelation chapter three, verse seven onwards. 3 verse 7 onwards i am not going to go through all the verses today i'm going to just highlight verses because today i'm going to be doing two study of two churches and i strongly feel that there's a word of god coming to you from these two churches okay so pay attention get your notebooks ready i uh, and 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 if you and the holy spirit might speak to you okay the holy spirit might speak to you i mean he will speak to you through the word as i'm speaking but he might pour more revelations as i'm speaking he might pour more uh, word as i'm speaking to you okay so here we go the word of god says that to the angel of the church in philadelphia right. That these things, these things, uh, says he who is holy, uh, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens uh, and no one shuts. He. And shuts, no one opens. In other words, here is what Jesus is saying: This particular church, He who has the key of David. Now, for a long time, I was thinking, what is this key of David? Uh, what exactly does it? What what exactly does it do? Now, uh, if you if you go to the book of Isaiah. Uh, chapter 22 verse 22 it speaks about the key of David it talks about how this particular key uh, somebody had this key and only they had the authority to open the door and close the door meaning there was a treasures inside that place and so they had the key to get the treasures and that key is what we are referring to what what Jesus is referring to here that you have the key key also signifies spiritual authority and here's what Jesus is saying. He who has the key, he who opens the doors and no one uh, shuts and shuts and no one opens. Amen. And now in verse eight, it says, I know your works and I see, I have set before you an open door. I want you to underline the word open door and no one can shut it. Please open and and, and no one can shut it. Okay. Underline open door and no one can uh, shut it. Okay. Now, uh, this church apparently was situated in such a uh, in a way that if you have to go to other cities that you had to first pass through the city of Philadelphia. In other words, this particular city, uh, they have to pass through it to get to the other cities in that place. So this church was so central that whoever comes through that church, it was like the urban, like the people were coming from different places from all over the world. And they was to come through this church and they will go across other places. Now, why I'm saying this, why is Jesus saying that, see, I have opened a door for you, meaning this church was blessed with, with the favor. But they, in fact, did not. were not aware of it, okay? Now, here is what Jesus is saying. I have opened a door and no one can shut it. Now, Jesus says, I am the one who holds the keys and I am the one who opens it and I am the one who shuts it. And if I open that door, then nobody can shut it. In other words, I want to prophesy this into your life, this 2022 prophesy to your life saying, there is an open door and regardless of what people say, or people do to you or what even the enemy does against you that nobody can shut that door. So don't worry about doors that are that you feel like oh why did this door shut or oh, what happened if there is a door shut then the door was never opened by the Lord in the first place if the Lord has opened that door which means that no man can shut it. No man is greater than, than, than God himself. So I want to prophesy as I'm speaking to someone right now that maybe you're going through some things in your life and you must have encountered a lot of shut doors. Now, shut doors only means it points to the right door. Somebody say amen. Shut doors only points to the right door. Some relationships got closed in your life. Some connections got closed in your life. Some people just said, I don't like you. Some churches said, "Don't you don't belong here anymore. Some places they said that, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Now that door was shut so that God wants to take your attention Attention to the right door. There is a right door for you, my friend. I tell you, there is a right door for every believer right now. But if you just stop knocking at the wrong door, then you'll pay attention to the right door. And I tell you, this is what many Christians are trapped sometimes. A lot of Christians are still knocking on the wrong door. God said, this is not my will for you. This is not what I planned for you. This is not my purpose for your life. My purpose that I have for you is much more greater than the door that you're knocking right now. It may not open today. It may not open tomorrow. But if you're willing to wait at the feet of Jesus, he is going to open a door for you. I know many people right now are praying and say, God, open a door for me for ministry, God. That's the right prayer. That's a good prayer. Open the door for me to go to ministry, God, because at least you're praying the right prayer. Pray the right prayer. Pray, Lord, I want to get into a right door, not just any door. I want to come into a right door. I tell you, for many years, I've been praying for some city to enter. But did not it did not help for for many years it kind of prevented me from going into that place but after many years i found out that this was the time for me to go because I, when the open door when god begins to open door there are some signs you have to watch out for there are some signs you have to watch out for whenever god gets ready to bless you he will send uh people of his his people to you notice anywhere in the bible if you tell me there will be people that will be that will come to you, wherever God wants to bless you. You see, Jesus wanted to go to Samaritan, Samaritan, uh, Samaria, but he 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 touched one woman, one woman he touched, and guess what happened? As a result, that gospel went to the whole of Samaria village. So sometimes God will bring people your way, and through those connections and through those people, God will open a door for you so don't fret over doors that are shut don't 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 get don't get too frustrated by shut doors so wait till your door opens wait till the door opens i know many of you want to serve the lord i know many of you want to get into the ministry i know many of you are saying lord i want to travel to nations i know it will happen i know it will happen but you need to wait upon the lord i know many of you are waiting for a miracle to happen wait upon the lord and he is the one who shuts and opens the door. Now, if there is, you know, this is such a great encouragement. This should be such a great encouragement for us right now. Because in what's happening in India and other parts of the world right now is that this whole, uh, the government is c- c- uh, coming against a lot of Christians and, and the works we do. And a lot of people are worried and thinking, okay, now how are we supposed to do the work of Christ? How are we supposed to do the kingdom works? But I tell you, it is not one we who open that door. It's God who opens that door. It is the Holy Spirit who opens that door. So until then, pray, seek the face of God. Don't be bothered about anything else. Just tell God, God, I want to serve you. And He, guess what? He's going to open doors for you. At the right time, at the right place, you will be there. Amen. And then we see here that no one can shut it. No one can shut it. Once God opens the door, be secured with it. Be secured in what God is doing. No man can steal your work. No no man can do what you're doing. In other words, I'll tell you something. When God anoints you, he is anointing you for a specific thing in life. You sing in a special way. You preach in a special way. You prophesy in a special way. Everything about you is unique. Nobody can take away your uniqueness. I tell you, don't try to be somebody else. I always tell this to people. Don't try to be somebody else. Because if you're trying to be somebody else, Guess what is going to happen? God can't find you and God can't use you. The reason God can't use you is because he can't find you because this person who you are trying to be somebody else. So you be who you are called to be and you be secured in the door that God has opened for you. And you do what God has called you to do. And you watch how God is going to use you. You watch how God is going to bless you. Amen. Somebody shout and hallelujah. I'm so excited. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know, being stirred today. Amen. So this church had had an open door. They had an open door. And then it says, for you have a little strength and you've kept my word and have not denied my name. You see, Jesus watches some good things you do. Okay. Sometimes we are too conscious about uh, negative things. Jesus is talking about positive things. He's saying you have little strength. Now, here says the word little strength means dynamo, okay? Meaning, he does, he's not talking about that you're weak. He's saying you have little strength, which means you're waiting on him. Now, waiting on God is so important. Christian, now listen. You, do, you want, do you want some things to happen in your life? You've got to wait on God. And sometimes waiting is the most painful thing ever. But during the waiting time, you're gathering energy. You're gathering strength. You're gathering wisdom. So while everybody else is moving and going rushing here and there, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and you are in his presence. You're allowing the word of God to get into your spirit. But what is happening is that you're gathering the strength from the Holy Spirit. And when your time comes, nobody can take you down. Why? Because now you are running with the strength of the Lord. Now you're running this race with the strength of Jesus Christ himself. Nothing can take you down. So if you are seeing everyone else is ahead of you, everyone else else is doing something. And if God has told you, it's not your time yet. I want you to be in, in my presence. There is a reason why he's doing it so that you can not just run the race, but finish the race. Somebody said an amen. Hallelujah. Now we see here, the Bible says, for you have little strength, which means not a weak, that you're not weak, but you have strength. You are able to depend on me. And you have kept my word. Hallelujah. Kept my word. You've kept my word. And I have not denied my name. Now, word is important, church. Come on. I want you to. I, I can't emphasize more than anything uh, at this time and telling you the word of God is a, such an important thing in our lives. So uh, take some time, take some, uh, take some time out. You know, just if you, even if you're, I know some of them are extremely busy in life. You are running here and there just to make your ends meet. But let me tell you something. If you just take the moment in between and just say, Lord, I want to give you this time into your presence. I tell you what, it will be one of the most blessed things that you can do through your life. You might have a stressful day, but you will have such a blessed day. You might be stressed, but you'll be blessed. (laughs) You will have such a time with with, a beautiful time, but everybody's sweating. You're not sweating. Why? Because the word of God has blessed you because you are now under the favor of God. Amen. So now here it says, for you have not denied my name. Now, basically what this church is now is the church has strength, had open door. They are faithful to the word and they have not denied the name of Jesus Christ. You know, when I think about not denying the name, uh, we as Christians, we meaning I don't deny Jesus' name, meaning to say I take His name more than any other names. That's what it means. I, I I'm not. I'm, I'm. In other words, I am not uh, using the name of Jesus in vain. Okay, I'm not trying to lift my name above the name of Jesus. And sometimes we we see oftentimes. That uh, uh, prophets or apostles or pastors, God bless them, God's servants, you know, their names are more spoken out there more than the name of Jesus. But I tell you one thing, the only the name of Jesus is the most worthy name. Amen. Hallelujah. So lift up the name of Jesus. Now, verse 10, uh, and then we're going straight going to go into the uh, to the uh, ladosia church after this. But I want to pause here. And I want to ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus wants us to uh, uh, keep his word? Why do you think Jesus wants us to keep his word? If you can, if you can uh, uh, you know, write your answers on the chat, that would be great. If you can just type it on the chat. Why do you, why do you think Jesus wants us to keep his word? To keep his word? Go ahead and put your thoughts in the chat. I would love to read them. I would like to know what your thoughts are on that. Why do you think that Jesus wants to keep his word? His word is the only truth and hope in our lives. Very true. Yes. What else? What else? Why do you think that Jesus wants to keep his word? The word itself is God. Yes. Hmm. Come on. There are preachers over here. Am I talking? Am I preaching to preachers? If I put you, if I give you this verse, I know for sure for the next 45 minutes you will just preach because it never fails. Mm. Amen. He's faithful forever. Yes, you're right. We live by faith, and faith is by hearing the word. We live by His word. He sustains the universe by the power of His word. Amen. Yes, He's the truth. And the way and life, powerful, yes, amen. And and I tell you, the 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 most uh, 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 the reason why God wants us to keep His word, it's because it's 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 His word that's building the church, not my word. Amen. Jesus said, "Go she- feed the sheep." I mean, wh- what words are we going to feed the sheep with? His words. It's His words that are beginning to get strength. The word is Jesus himself and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, he can't contradict his own word. That is so true. If there's one thing in heaven, and when Jesus looks at you, and when you when you finish your life here on earth, and when you're up in heaven, and you're standing before him, Jesus will ask you a question. It's like, what did you do on the earth? And he will not judge you based on the the, the color of dress you like to wear on a Sunday's, uh, based on what you did, where you went, but He will only judge us based on His word. Now you can't sit there and say you can't negotiate with God over there, because the Bible says His word is settled in heaven. His word is settled in heaven, so you can't negotiate with Jesus there. So if there is one thing that Jesus will judge us right in heaven is through His word. Oh, but the word, but I did, I but did it, didn't I say this? Didn't I say that? That's what Jesus is going to tell you. So as a Christian, we are accountable. The reason we need to keep the word is because the word of God keeps us accountable. It keeps us in check. It keeps our spirit man in check. It keeps our faith alive. If you want your faith to be alive, I tell you, just get into your time with the Holy Spirit. Get the word of God and just meditate. The word will breathe life into your spirit. Yes, amen. When we carry Jesus before us in our work, he can open any door. With word created everything. With the word, he created everything. Amen, hallelujah. Okay, now verse nine. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and bow before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Man, I tell you, There is a powerful revelation out here. Now, can someone tell me, what do you think is the synagogue of Satan? It's okay if you get wrong. If you you get your answers wrong, it's completely okay. No problem. What do you think is the synagogue of Satan? Can someone go ahead and put it in the chat? What do you think is the synagogue of Satan? Here it says, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. But lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. And to know that I have loved you. I have loved you. Okay. What do you think is the synagogue of Satan? Those who are contradicting the truth and misleading the ignorant. Yes. Now, what is a synagogue? Synagogue is nothing but the church. The place of gathering. So, and and what is the meaning of Satan? Can someone tell me what is the meaning of Satan? What is the meaning of Satan? Deceiver, yes, fallen one, yes. Okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for one more word. One more word. Come on. Accuser, you got it. Yes, yeah, Sister Joyce, you got it. Accuser, accuser. Now, this is a gathering of accusers. Synagogue is gathering. Satan, of Satan, means they're what? They're synagogue of accusers. Synagogue of accusers. Not just one, not just two. All accusers. Have you ever been around an accuser? Have you been ever been around of an accuser? Yeah. We all have been around and our accusers. Sometimes the accusers, most of the accusers, OK, I, w- I was telling yesterday to somebody who was uh, uh, having issues with family members trying to accuse and trying to somehow, uh, uh, you know, trying to somehow uh, uh, make that person uh, get away from the church and things. But their own family members were trying to do something harm to them. And if you take a look at the Bible, right, look at the Bible and see how that uh, from the very beginning that. Uh, Abel, you know let let's look at Abel. Abel was killed by his one brother Cain. who sold Joseph to, uh, to the enemies to, the, to, to, to be a slave? His brothers. Uh, who was the one who forsook Jesus first, his brothers? the Bible says his brothers in John chapter 6 verse 66, it says his brothers left him. So you see here sometimes our, our closest enemies, can be, can be our family members. Now, I'm not here to come against family members. We need to love them. Okay, they are blinded. If there, if you're any family members that are not in Christ Jesus, and they're accusing you, they're trying to, trying to attack you, or trying to do that, they're simply spiritually blinded. They need to be their eyes need to be opened by the Lord. But what I'm trying to understand here is that sometimes our accusers can be our own, our own, our own people, trying to do, trying to come against our faith. So the the goal of the accuser is to make sure that to make you feel guilty of something, right? That's what accusers do. Now, if you have somebody in the court and somebody accuses you, that's why you're in the court. And, And the judge will see if the accusation has any weight or not. And based on that, the judge will pass a sentence on you. So what does an accuser do? An accuser will just say things against you. And what do you think Satan is doing right now? what do you think satan and his angels are doing right now satan and his angels are up there and what do you think they are doing right now they are constantly accusing you they are constantly accusing you and so we see here that now in this particular church there was a church inside a church <laughs> there was a church inside a church and it says there was a there were a group of people inside And they were trying to bring accusation, meaning going against people's faith inside their own church. And we see that indeed, what does Jesus say? They say they are Jews, but they are not, meaning that they are, they are, they, Jews are nothing but the word Jews. What is the word? What is the meaning of Jew? Someone can tell me what is the meaning of Jew. Go ahead and type. Don't worry about if you're right or wrong. It has nothing to do with right or wrong. What do you understand? What do you think? Who is a Jew? Chosen ones, you're right. Now it's a chosen ones, right? The chosen ones are the people that they think that the chosen ones, they think that God is the one who hears them. So they were so prideful about themselves. And now here is what God is saying. They say they are chosen and are not. Basically, that's what it means. But a lie. They say they are chosen but they are not but a lie. indeed I will make them calm and worship before your what feet and to know that I have loved you. The word worship here is not the, the, many people think like how can how can these people worship the worship the church? I mean we are not supposed to be worshiped. The word their worship is not the same word as as the other worship that we are referring to where we worship God. The worship only belongs to God. The worship only belongs to the King of Kings. What it means over here is that they might accuse you. They might come against you. They might try to do some things with you. But their end is they will come at your feet. They will bow before you. They will, they will, they'll surrender before you. And I tell you, only God can do that. He can prepare the, our table before our enemies. Amen. So the point is, what I'm trying to get to the point is, the end of the day says, and to know that I have loved you. I have loved you. Now, here is what Jesus is saying. The world will know that I have loved you. Don't try to prove that, you know, God loves me by yourself. God will defend you. When it's time, God is going to defend you. I don't know why in the spirit I feel, I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to a sister right now who is going through a, a very difficult time and you're going through a season where you feel not justified with what you, what's happening in your life. And I want to say to you very clearly right now that God is the one who's going to defend you because he is your maker. He is your he is the one who made you. He is the one who's going to stand, by, stand with you. And even though you might feel you're alone, and god is the one who's going to defend you don't let yourself to be the defend defend yourself let god defend you and here is what god is saying i will make them i will cause favor to come you remember what happened to joseph right joseph was his own brothers took him to the threw him into the pit and from the pit he went to prison and from the prison he went to the palace if somebody is in the pit I want to tell you today, you are going into your palace in Jesus' name. You're getting into your palace in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, I received the word. Because you're going to into your palace in Jesus' name. Joseph never complained. We don't see Joseph saying, oh, you know, I'm in the pit. I'm in the pit. Let's, you know what? God is expert in getting us to the pit, to the pulpit. That's the next, there's the next season coming for everyone. There is a next season coming for everyone where you are getting into a palace in the name of Jesus. So your pit is not going to hold you down. Your prison is not going to close on you. But God is saying that those things are for a season and those season has an expiry date. Your pain has an expiry date. Your season of difficulties have expiry date. All those have an expiry date. People who accuse you They'll accuse you, they will see things against you. You just enjoy your life. You don't care about it. You just enjoy your life. You just, you just, you just enjoy the presence of God. Then nobody doesn't matter. I tell you, when the time comes, he will make others, people who were against you, to come at you alive. Because if you follow Jesus, if you're faithful to him, he will make things happen for you. And your season of getting into palace is coming. Get ready for that. Get ready for that. When Joseph went into the time, into his palace, now all his brothers wanted him. All his brothers were looking for him. Oh, you know, we thought you were dead. You know, this happened and that happened. But you see, Joseph, God had called him to be a, a, his calling was much more greater than anything he ever imagined. But there's nobody who could stop him. So don't be worried about your calling. Don't be worried about your destiny. Don't be worried about your uh, your vision, your assignment. You know, nobody can take that away from your life. Nothing can happen to that. You need to stay focused and be loyal and and don't deny God's name. Stay f- faithful to Jesus. Uh, 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 you know, stays faithful to the word. And the right time, in the due time, you God is going to lift you up. God lifts you up. Amen. And now we see that uh, um, it says. For I have loved you, Jesus loves you. This could be the one of the most simple statements we always hear. Oh, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. Uh, Bible tells me so. We have all sang that song, you know, in our in our uh, Sunday school days. But let me let me let me tell you something. You know, here he said, "I love you." In other, the Lord loves you. And when the word "love" there means grace has said means favor. I will favor you. I will favor you. That's what the Lord is saying here. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, I can, you know, we have (laughs) so much to cover, but bear with me for 20 more minutes and we are going to uh, get into some time of praying after this. We're going to pray in the spirit after this. We are going to get into, uh, 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 because I feel an impartation is coming upon us. I feel a fresh impartation is going to fall upon us this day. And we see in the book of uh, now let's go to next church the church of Ladosia, the church of Ladosia because we don't because we're doing two churches today and we're going to close here after this uh, so we're going to finish today all the seven churches Church of Ladosia so we're going to go verse 14 verse 14, Church of Ladosia, Church of Ladosia hallelujah come on just take a 30 second right now and just pray in the spirit with me. can someone do that? Just pray in the spirit Just pray with me in the spirit right now. just praise his name. thank God for his love. thank God for his Thank God for for, for for his grace and for his mercy. thank God for his love. thank God for breakthroughs. thank God for victories. Thank God for open doors. Thank God that he kept us, he preserved us. Thank God that the enemy cannot have his way in our lives. Thank God that the enemy is defeated forever. Thank God for we are called to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Thank God for what the dream and the vision that he has called us to do, he is above and beyond to able to fulfill it in the name of Jesus. I just pray and I declare right now, Father God, I just pray for the presence of God to fall upon each one of us right now. Let the glory of God touch us and fill us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, now let's 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 go to the verse 14. To the angel of the church of Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen... The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. If you notice, the another name for Jesus in the Bible was called Amen. When when we say Amen and Amen for everything, we're also say, we are also referring to the name of Jesus here, by the way. And verse fifteen, we see, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. And so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And listen, this is—has anyone here, you know, in our, in our, uh, you know, in my, in my school days, you know, we used to, um, we used to somehow uh, skip classes, and we wanted to know if the, you know, some we, you know, somehow we wanted to. Uh, jump the fence and, uh, you know, get out from there. We, we, you know, this was like back in the days, you know, we were doing all this. So we used to see some of the you know, school kids do that, you know, jump the fence. And the moment they would try to jump the fence, they would get stuck over there on the fence. And <laughs> some reason, I don't know why, uh, <laughs> maybe their 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 clothes get stuck somewhere i don't know they're like they get hung in between somewhere you know <laughs> uh, they probably like they just don't know they, they neither they can come down or neither they can go the other down That's something you know they, they get too worried about they get too <laughs> either you jump the fence you know the fence is too high it was too high so it's so difficult to get the other get to get across the other side so i remember one point one day we, we were all trying to cross over to the other side and jump the other side. We all got stuck like that in the fence and we were sitting on the fence and, you know, have you tried sitting on the fence for too long? What happens? It hurts. You know, you know what hurts, right? It hurts. Yeah. You know, so, so, so this is exactly what the Lord is trying to say, you know, don't be, don't try to be two things. You either be hot or either be cold, either you are this side or either you are that side. So choose where you want to be in life. Choose where you want to be in life. Either you are in the world or either you are in the world. Either you are having a relationship with me or either you are having a relationship with the world. You see, in the Jewish, uh, in the Jewish, uh, you know, in their um, culture, there is, there is, it's either black or either white. There is nothing in between. Okay, there is nothing in between. It's only in our culture we want the, between thing, what is the between thing? So there's truth, there is lies. There is grace, there is judgment, there is unrighteousness and there is righteousness. So in the Jewish culture it's either that or either this. So what did Jesus say in First in, in, uh, John chapter 2 verse 15? Let's go to first John. Let's go to First John chapter 2. And verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15. First John, chapter 2, verse 15. What did Jesus say here? Do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So so basically, you can have a relationship with God. but you cannot have at the same time. You cannot have a relationship with the world, according to God. You're not having a relationship with Him. You're having a relationship only with the world. So, meaning now, I can be married only, you know, with one person, right? I can't be married with two or two, or two more or two people. I can only be married with one person. So, according to what the scripture says here. Is this I if you love the world, meaning if you're married to the world, you're not married to me. You, 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 can't, you can't be married to me and have an have an affair with the world. I, I, you are you understanding following what I'm saying, right? So this is exactly what it means over here. Now, a lot of Christians, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't here to condemn any believer over here. I'm not here to say that you know you're living in you're a worldly person. No, I'm not saying anything. You know where you are. You know where you are in, in the spirit. You know where you are walking with Jesus is. So here's what Jesus is saying that if you love the world or if you love the things of this world, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does it mean that we, we're not supposed to have a, a, a love to anything towards the... What it simply means is this. If there is anything in the world that you are more attracted to, more than God, That's a problem. If you are spending too much time on doing something and you are replacing that, that, that thing, you're replacing God with that thing, then that is a problem. So when I say do not love the world, it it doesn't mean that you, you, you can't love, you know, people or, you know, things like, we are called to love people. We are called to do things in this world, but, but what is your priority? Who is your priority? Who are you? Who, who's the one that you're pursuing? Who's the one that you want? Right? So that's what it means over here. So you can only be married at one at one person. So Jesus is saying, either you're married to me, either you're married to the world. So you can't be in two sides. So either you are hot or either you are cold. You can't be in the fence. Don't try to be in the fence, it's painful there. Just get off the fence and be here or be there. Now, why I'm saying this is if you are. If you're on if you're on, if you're hot for Jesus, if you're on fire for Jesus, what's gonna happen is He's going to use you. But if you choose to be cold and say, you know what, I don't want to be a hypocrite, I, I just want to uh you know, you know, in other words, you you are you're not sure and you are in the world, God's mercy somehow will get you and bring you there. But if you try to pretend that no, I'm good, but you're not, then God cannot help you remember what i told two days ago there's only one person that god cannot help and that is a person with pride pride denies help pride denies help from god pride says i'm self sufficient pride says pride pride is a, 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 someone who has pride pretends that they're okay but they're not so One of the reasons why I, I, if you look at the scripture, David, God loved David so much is because David was a broken man. David was a broken man. You know, just like us, David committed, uh, you know, David committed, his sins were different though, but David committed some sins. He killed, he, uh, uh, he committed adultery, he did all of that. But yet God called him. This man is a man after my own heart. How is it possible? How is it possible that here is Saul did not, uh, you know, uh, what do you say, take somebody else's wife? (laughs) But David did such a horrible thing. But yet God says, this man is a man after my own heart. And that amazes me about God. Because one thing we see in David's life, that he was a broken man. He always showcased himself as a broken man before God. When I say broken man, means not trying to put up a face. I am broken. That's not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Broken means you're just saying, God, without you, I cannot do this. I need you every step of the way. I'm more dependent on you. Have you noticed the moment when God crushes your dreams? Now, God doesn't hate your dream. Sometimes he crushes our dreams. You know why? Just to get us, get the pride out of our lives. Oh, that's deep. That is deep. Sometimes God crushes our dreams to get the pride out of our lives. Once the pride goes away, God now says, Now you're ready to do what I'm calling you to do. Now you're ready for my assignment. Now you're ready to, to, to go out, to, to, to run after my vision. But the moment pride comes into your life, it stops God from working on you. You turn God as your opposition into opposition. So we see here that, that, that uh, now if, you, if you're cold, in other words, if you don't believe, if you don't want, then you're living an outside, complete outside life, then God will see that there's one thing about you is God's love and mercy will bring you back to him. He says God's hand is too long that there's no place that his hand cannot reach. His love is too deep. There is no pit his love cannot reach. His grace is so strong that no person can say, I'm so weak that I cannot be saved by his grace. His grace is, is so much that can just swallow you up like that. Is, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? But as I'm sharing this, guys, this particular church, Church of Ladoshians, had an issue. And this issue here was this church was pretending to be Christian Uh, In other words, God's definition of being a Christian is not somebody who has a church membership in three churches. (laughs) Somebody said an amen. God's definition of Christian is not somebody who has a church membership in three churches. God's definition of Christian is somebody who is in love with him, who will obey him, who is on fire for him. Amen. Who spends time and is reading his word. That's the definition of Christian. Our definition of Christian, the worldly definition of Christian is so different. <laughs> if you ask the people in the world, who do you think a Christian is? They'll immediately make some signs like this. That's not a Christian. And they immediately immediately point towards, oh, there is a, you know, uh, these are the people who go to a Sunday, a Sunday church. They're not called Christians according to the Bible according to the bible the christian is somebody who is a sinner saved by the grace of god who has confessed that jesus is their lord and their savior who is baptized in the water and in the spirit amen who believes that jesus died and rose again who believes that their life is now spent in serving him who believes that now they have a personal relationship with jesus that they don't need to have uh, any, they, 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 they don't need to go somewhere else here and there they now can have a direct access to the to through to the father through Christ Jesus and we don't have to go through different doors to reach god anymore we have to only door that takes us to father is jesus himself jesus is the only door for us to access to the father and this is the definition of christian one who lives by the word of god there is no other definitions about a believer. So, um, now, as I'm going to close today, and we see here that this is, it says, either be cold or either be hot, because I'm going to vomit you. And then he says in verse 17, because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And here is what they're saying. I am rich. I've become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And this church was not only a hypocrite church, but just this church was, was spiritually blinded. And they were so self-sufficient that they were saying, now I don't need God. Listen, my friends, regardless of how big your ministry grows, regardless of how long you've been a Christian, regardless of how much you know the Bible, you need God more. Have you noticed one thing? the longer the many years passes by as being a believer, you'll probably notice that you need Jesus more than you need need him yesterday. I need Jesus more than I need him him yesterday. Today I need him more than I needed him yesterday. My need for Jesus, my love for Jesus has has to grow more than yesterday. If that is not happening, then we are actually going downside, not upside. We We are just going to the To the the, the downside, because our need for Jesus is declining and now we are somehow feeling self-sufficient. Oh, now I have this. Now I have that. And that is one of the things you must understand just because you have an ongoing ministry, just because you have open doors in life, just because you have great things happening in life. Now you don't need to pray. Now you don't need to read the Bible. Now we don't need to do anything more because now everything is happening good in my life. So why should I be seeking the Lord? My friend, you should be seeking the Lord more right now. You know, sometimes when the God blesses me, it scares me if I don't seek him. Son, when God just showers the blessing on in my life, it scares me because sometimes I wonder, God, this is, this is scary. I know you're doing the right thing. I know I love what you're doing right now. But if I don't want to fall in the sin of pride, I just want immediate immediately acknowledge you, say, God, he's blessing you so that he wants you to know that I'm the one who can also take away what I've given you. Remember that. If he can give you something, he can also take it away. So if he has given you a good, good start, don't ever think that you're going to, you can do this alone. No, no. You have to get on your knees, get on your knees and just say, Jesus, I need you more. I need you more, God. I need you more, God. I need you more, God. Just get on your knees and just seek Him. Just get on your knees and love Him. Get on your knees and humble yourself before God. Don't let pride come in. Don't let pride come in. And they were saying, I was, I'm was i rich, I've become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. Now, this is very funny, but I want to just demonstrate this, okay? Are you ready for it? Okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. We all sing this song, right? How great is our God. And sing with me, how great is our God. So this is how we sing to God, right? And guess and, and guess what God is hearing? God is hearing this. How great is I am. Sing with me, how great is I am. And that's how God is listening right now. That's a kind of a song that God is listening from your mouth, from your heart. Because your lips are worshiping Him, but your heart is worshiping yourself. Oh boy, come on. <laughs> Is somebody listening to what I'm saying right now? So, 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 our heart and our lips has to match. Our heart and our lips has to match. We have to, we have to just say, Lord, how great you are. How great you are. David was crowned, and you know, guess what? He was ready to just dance naked when the whole the, the 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 ark of covenant came. Now, which king will strip the robe and take the crown away and just 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 be so foolish in the sight of people because David said, I don't care about what is happening, and I don't care what I'm wearing, but I care more about the presence of God that is clothed in me. And that's the next sentence, my friend. It says over here, say it says. You have, you have become poor, blind, and naked. This is what the Lord is saying, the condition. And verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, and that you may be rich and white garments. Now listen, this is what white garments signifies the presence of God. It means the presence of being clothed in the presence of God. And this is what David did. He was a man who loved the presence. He was a man who came after the presence of God. And he didn't care what, was, what he was wearing, the types of robe that he was carrying, he was wearing, that didn't bother him. What bothered him was when the presence of God left him. He said, do not cast me out of your presence. Do not let the Holy Spirit, uh, do, not, do not let your Holy Spirit depart from me, because he felt the presence of God to be the most dearest thing to him than any other thing for him. So we see here, Jesus is talking about that. It's talking about, you may say yourself, you're wealthy, you're rich, you're this and that. But in fact, this is who you are. But if you, but I counsel you, here's what God is saying. I counsel you, come. I want to give you another chance. I want to give you another chance to come and buy gold from me so that you may be rich. Okay. And the white garments that you may be clothed and the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye self that you may see. In other words, pride blinds us tried defenses. Pride does not allow us to experience God. In other words, what the Lord is saying here is, put away your pride and come to me and buy gold from me. Buy my come and come into my presence. When I say when you mean buy, the Lord is not saying come with the, some treasure or some treasure box, an offering. He's not saying that. He's saying come and 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 come and just surrender your life before me, and I will give you my glory. I will clothe you with my presence. I will uh, and you will realize that you will you will not be you will not be naked anymore. And that your eyes be able to see what is happening in the reality of his presence. So always keep in mind as we close here right now that do not let pride, pride is the most, pride can destroy many things than any other things in our lives. Pride can do t- most damage than any other things can damage in our lives. Amen. So uh, now it's, a, It's. I'm just going to, you know, um, I'm just going to, uh, probably uh, going to launch the poll today and I'm just going to ask you all uh, you know as we come close to the seven churches, I know I can go more, but for the sake of time we are we're just going to close this right here and we are going to go into a time of uh, another few more minutes. We are going to go into a time of uh, hearing from all of us and on the chat. you can put your answers on the chat. Uh, no obligation whatsoever, but if you participate, it will really, it'll really be a blessing, so you can bless many people here as you participate, uh, you know, so what are some of the things that you've learned today? Come on, what are some of the things you learned about the Church of Philadelphia? Let's go with the Church of Philadelphia. Can someone tell me what was happening in Church of Philadelphia, and um, what did Jesus do with the Church of Philadelphia? What did he say? Church of Philadelphia. Can, let's, let's start with Church of Philadelphia. We can put that on the chat. The Church of Philadelphia. This church is blessed with favor and they were not aware of it. Yes, they had an open door, but they were not aware of it. What are some of the things that you caught about this church? Maybe one sentence or one word would be great. Yes, Sister Violet says the church is blessed with favor and they were not aware of it. Uh, Brother uh, Dorji says they were waiting for God. Uh, And um, Sister uh, Violet says they had strength. They had open doors. That is very true. Very true. They had open doors. What else? What else can we we see here? Um, They had patience. Yes, they had patience. Endurance. Very true. Zion says they are patience and endurance. Yes. Shoba says Christ honors faith, not strength. Jesus said to the church at Philadelphia, they honored Christ honors faith, okay, not strength. In fact, I think what he meant was that, that he had little, they had little strength. And I think the Lord was telling them that by the little strength, you know, they were they were pursuing him. Yeah, that's true. Um, come on, what what are some of the things that you caught in the church in Philadelphia? How did the Lord minister to you? They did not deny the name of the Lord. Yes, very true. Come on, I want all of you guys to, 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 to write it on the chat. Go ahead, write it on the chat. There's nothing about being wrong or right. It's what you have caught as we were teaching today. Okay, Zion says they were faithful. They were faithful, very true. They were faithful. Yeah, I'm waiting for some of, come of the words. I'm waiting for some of the words um they persevered, very true. they persevered. the little in the little strength that they had, they still kept persevering. They kept persevering. Christian life is all about perseverance sometimes. The word was with them. What are some what was Jesus doing for them? In other words, there was something troubling them and what was Jesus doing for them? I want I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Okay. Anyone wants, anyone wants to do, what was Jesus doing? Yeah, an open door. Yes, we already covered the open door. What was Jesus doing? In other words, he was, there was some, something was troubling this church. What was that? Jesus has the key. Yes, the key of David. Very true. The accusers, right? The accusers. The accusers. Remember that. The accusers. The synagogue of Satan. The synagogue of Satan. Yeah. Now let's go to Church of Ladocia. Let's go to Church of Ladotia. What are some of the things that you learned from, you caught from the Church of Ladocia? I know we talked a little bit about that church and a little bit about the Church of Philadelphia. But what are some of the things that you caught about Church of Ladosia? Go ahead and type. This was a hypocrite church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, how did Jesus deal with this church? How did Jesus deal with this church? This church was spiritually blinded. Very true. The church was spiritually blinded. Yes. It was lukewarm. Yes, it was lukewarm. How did how did how did Jesus deal with this church? How did Jesus deal with this church? Okay, he said he will vomit them up if they don't repent. Yes, the cause here is if you don't repent, he's gonna vomit you out. Okay. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so I've, I'm just gonna you know uh, put some some things on on the chat, uh, not on the chat on the screen. It's going to be a launching as a poll. Uh, And and uh, just want to know what you think. There's a poll that's right front of your screen right now. And uh, I want to know what you think about the only two of the seven churches receive praise without criticism. Which are they? Which are they? Go ahead and you can answer. All right? Okay? Which are they? The two churches, if you remember, they receive praise without any criticism. That's correct. It's Philadelphia and Smyrna. That's true. That is true. Okay. That's true. 80% said Philadelphia and Smyrna. Great answers. Great answers. Great answers. Okay. Uh, Now I want to go to the next one. Go ahead. How is the church of Sardis described in the Revelation 3 verse 1? How is the church of Sardis described in a revelation three verse one? I can see some of you don't like this, <laughs> but it's just to help you refresh your memories. You know, it'll help you refresh your memories. The second question is, what does Jesus promise those who overcome the church of the Ladocians? What does Jesus promise to those who overcome in the church of Laodosia? And that is something that is found in, um, in verse 21. In verse 21. And the last question is I'm sorry, the. Uh, all right. The Christians of which church praise because they've kept God's word, and not deny his name. Yes. You guys are great. And here we go share results. Amen. Great answers. Great, great answers. Okay. All right. Now you have become a graduate of all the seven churches. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to take this moment right now and pray in the spirit. We're going to pray in the spirit because I just feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, is going to, you know, flow through us like a river. It's going to flow through us like a river. And I tell you, there are many things that the Lord wants to accomplish in and through us. And when you give this time over to Him, when you give this time over to Him, you know, when you pray and right now in the Spirit now, because this is very, this is the most important thing is right now. The most important thing is right now. The most important impartation is happening right now. Don't miss the impartation. Just receive it. All those who are watching from live stream, I want you to pray with me as you're watching. Pray with me in the Spirit. Come on, can we do that for the next one minute of, you know, of, uh, 90 seconds, if you will, just begin to pray in the spirit. Can we do that? Let's do it. Come on, everyone. everyone. Come on, engage. Put away your phones. Put away everything around you. Just be in the spirit and just begin to pray. Kata ba satara ba si antoro si kerei mantero Jesus, I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Shaka mantero ba si anterei ba bara ba thank you holy Spirit Lord we just bless your name we just bless your name Jesus come on everyone come on everybody there's a glory of God that's 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 that the Lord says we come and buy gold refined by the fire I will clothe you with the white garments and the Lord is forever willing to to share his glory you know and and to, to, to give us the, to, to experience his glory. He's calling us to experience His presence. And right now, I just feel there is, there's a shift happening in our life. There's a shift happening in 2022 that this year, we are not going to be afraid of closed doors. We are not going to be insecure about closed doors. We are, we are, we are just going to trust the Lord in everything that He does. We're going to bless the name of the Lord. I tell you right now, as I'm speaking to someone is being touched by the glory of God. I see the anointing of the Holy Spirit is, 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 is rushing through your body right now, it's rushing through your spirit in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray and I cancel every work of the enemy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, just pray. Those who have, have gift of tongues, just pray in tongues. And those of you want to, you know, just want to pray, you know, in in your language, you can go ahead and pray in your language. But right now, take this moment very seriously. There is some, the Lord is blessing people in this room right now. There are people being, feeling an impartation. You are no more going to be cold in the name of Jesus. You are no more going to uh, be, be, be a, you're not going to let any mediocrity in the name of Jesus. No more stagnation will enter your spiritual life in the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy the fire of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Right now, I reject and refuse any spirit of pride to take over my life in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I just pray that today, Lord, as you're speaking to the church, you're speaking to us, oh God. You are the Lord who builds us. You are the Lord who builds us, oh God. And so, Father, I just ask you that as I'm ministering to people today, I pray that the Lord, that there will be a transformation inside out in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I just pray that that they will begin to pray like never before in Jesus' mighty name. They will begin to witness the gospel like never before in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for an open doors for every person that's in this room right now and all those who are watching right now. Father, I just pray that the doors be opened in Jesus' name. Doors to the nations be opened in Jesus' name. For you shall have the treasures, says the Lord. For you shall have my treasures, says the Lord. For I have given you an access right now. Rabba raba. I feel the glory, my friend. I feel the glory. I feel that something is shifting in the realm of the spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray that 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 that, that sin that you're fighting is being burned by the fire of the holy spirit and you have been mocked and being separated and set apart for the kingdom purpose and the lord is saying that you are mine from now you are mine even if you belong to my kingdom from now for i have given you the citizenship rights in my kingdom for you have the right to 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 rebuke the enemy the lord is speaking to people a lot of uh, i see two people the lord is speaking to do right now that this is the season of that God is going to work a breakthrough in your life like never before if you allow him to defend you if you allow him to 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 to, to stand uh, to take the uh, let, allow him to be to take the the uh, to avenge for you he is going to he's going to do the mighty thing he's going to do the mighty thing thank you Lord I just pray for divine intervention upon people in the lives of people divine, divine interventions in the lives of people. In the glorious name of Jesus. In the glorious name of Jesus. In the glorious name of Jesus. Father, I just pray for a divine impartation right now. Lord, upon everyone that's in this room, presence of God has come and surrounded. May the glory of God come, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. I, I, feel, I feel the fire of God. I feel something shifted in my spirit. I feel like I want to go right now and just, just, just worship the, at the feet of Jesus right now. Because I tell you, the Lord is looking from heaven. He's looking down on us from heaven. And he, he's counting on us in these last days. He's counting on us in his last days to go out and to be the flames of fire, to be the flames of fire. And he wants us to carry the oil. He wants us to carry the oil of his presence wherever we go. Never let the oil run dry. Never let the oil run dry. Never let the oil run dry. Keep getting filled in the spirit. Paul said, Do not be drunk with the wine, but rather be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, let the oil keep being in your life. Let no fire run out of your life. Mm. And I pray that in Jesus' name that you are going to see uh, a move of the Holy Spirit in your v- city in, or in a village wherever, or in a country, which wherever you are placed, wherever God has situated you, you are going to see a move of God like never before in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. let receive that breakthrough today. Receive that breakthrough today. I know there are a lot of gems that has come through this, this video today. The the uh, We have a, this, oh, the recording is happening as I'm speaking on our YouTube channel. And uh, so I want you to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it, number one, and watch the last three videos if you have missed anything make some notes, take some notes. And if you're a pastor leader, be free free feel to share that notes to your congregation, share that notes to uh, the people around uh, so that they can be a blessing. So they can be a blessing too.